What's going on, everyone? It's Greg Williams and Shakia Sykes. Welcome to the Grier Project podcast series. Now, you're probably like, Greg, what does Grier mean? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's five different letters that mean five different things. Gender, race, inclusion, equity, and allyship. Right, Shaq? Right. It's a podcast series that centers on celebrating diversity within New York City Department of Social Services, Human Resources Administration, and the Department of Homeless Services. We'll spotlight cutting-edge DEI practices and broaden listeners' perspectives on current DEI issues. Project, Shaq. We are. Projecting. You're not projecting. I'm projecting. Louder. Loud. <laughs> Never loud. Anyway, we are here from day one. It's an extravaganza of DEI and HR ideas coming together, thought leaders. I got Megan from Campfire in the house. You know what I'm saying? Listen, listen Megan, what is Campfire? Everybody's like, Campfire, Greg, are we getting out the s'mores? No. What is Campfire, Megan? I mean, if you want to bring marshmallows, you can. But yeah, we're a virtual leadership development platform. We're all about creating space for people to learn from each other. So um, we're a place where managers can come and talk about the things that are most relevant to them, like how to have hard conversations or how to build trust with people on your team. Wow, so that sounds phenomenal because, well, we got like 16,000 employees yeah. and that's a whole lot of trust yeah. that we need to build. Yeah, I think a lot of agencies and companies need to create spaces like this um, to kind of build trust for their employees. So I think this is a great concept and a great company. So tell us more about it, maybe. Yeah, so we were founded about three years ago and really around the idea, um, initially actually our company name was called Book Club. So we talked about some of the best like management books like um, and talked about the different topics that were related to them. And then some of the companies that we worked with were like, reading books is really great, but my managers don't actually read the books. So can we just like talk about the things that they need to Do know from the books? Cliff Notes, Megan? So that's what we basically started doing. So we're like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, if they're not gonna read them, then we should just give them like, what do they need to know in like the shortest amount of time? And then the more that we started getting into it, it was like, well, that's the best part of it anyway, right? Is like, after you read a really good book, it's like, what are you gonna do with that information? How you talk with other people about it afterwards? And then like, what do you take from it that you go implement into your day-to-day -day life? So that's where we started with the idea then around Campfire. And so we rebranded about a year into the business. And so Campfire then turned into this place where we were like, well, what's hardest about being a leader? Because so many people are promoted into management roles and they were really great at their technical job. And then they get into like a management role and they're like, wow, this is so much harder than I thought it was going to be. Leading people is such a different skill set than it was to do whatever I was doing in my technical job. And so um, that's what we do is we like talk about these specific behaviors and then create space for people to tell stories about <clears throat> the leaders that they've seen that they've loved doing different things, like leaders that they feel like have built trust with them really well. And then also like the leaders that sometimes maybe have broken trust and what they've learned from that to become better leaders themselves. So from the whole aspect of trying to help managers become the best managers that they can be, you know, in your experience, in your work experience, what is one common pitfall? Mm. Honestly, I think that the biggest thing is a lack of self-awareness of most people. Um, there's a great uh, TED talk that talks through um, 90% of people think that they are self-aware, but in reality, only like 10 to 15% of people actually are. And I think that's the case with a lot of leaders because let's be real, we all have a lot on our plate, especially like when you're getting into a management role, a lot of people are working managers. They're still carrying some sort of like a caseload or a workload of some sort, and they're leading people and they don't have time to slow down and really think about 
how am I acting? What is my brand as a leader? How is the how are the ways that I'm treating the people that are on my team? And so that lack of awareness, like that's half the battle. It's just getting people to like realize who they they are as a leader and how they're treating other people. Um, what is um, so for me? I've um, my best manager that I've had had a lot of empathy, especially mm. like the one I had um, during the pandem- pandemic. They had a lot of empathy. So what is like a success story of like the the best manager? Um, Mm -hmm. I know he talked about the pitfall. So what would you say are some traits of like great managers, people managers? Yeah, well, I think like that's the thing that as we get so busy with our day-to-day jobs that we forget to do is remember that like we're just a human and the people in our teams are just humans too. And there is no separating work from life. Like as much as people think that you want to, it's really, you know, so much more about Like people have a lot of things that are going on in their day to day. There's a lot of hard things in the world. A lot of people go through grief, they go through struggles, they go through financial challenges. Like there's so many other burdens outside of work that follow people into the workplace. So just, I think the leaders that are like genuinely just humans themselves and they're vulnerable about the things that they have going on. And then they create space for other people to show up like authentically as themselves. And um, it's interesting because the more that you actually talk about some of these things, like people are hesitant to talk about their feelings at work because they don't want to be seen as unprofessional or they don't want to be seen as like weak or something. But the reality is, is the more that we like talk about these things and put them in the open, the easier and faster it is to work with each other because we like know what the situation is of the people on our team and we know how to treat other people. Yeah, it makes people become more relatable um, in the workplace. So I I agree. And the whole discussion around self-awareness is so awesome. When I was in grad school, I wrote a research paper around um, privilege and how it affects leadership styles and managers, um, identifying the privilege that they have and kind of, you know, working through that and recognizing that. So I think mm. that's like, this, this company is awesome. I love now, now Shaq, did you see the cards? Now listen, I'm gonna tell y'all right now, I, back in the day, Greg was a big Yu-Gi-Oh! Pokemon uh, comic book cards, not really so much sports, but I like, y'all got some colorful cards. What's yeah, up with the Brandon people cards? Yeah. Then, then Greg was a part of the Cool Kids Club. No, he wasn't. Nope. Mm-mm. Okay. What's with the cards, Megan? I love that. Yeah, I got to catch them all, right? Yeah, those are <laughs> Ha, Shaq, ha. I love that. Um, so, yeah, the cards go with the keynote that I'm giving later today. But we believe, like, connection, there's a major connection gap in, in our society and specifically in the workplace where people aren't connecting with themselves, they're not connecting with other people, and they're not connecting with their communities in the same way that we were even five years ago. So as the the loneliness epidemic continues to endure, we wanna do things to change that. So they're like little conversation starters that get you thinking differently about how you can connect with yourself as a human, how you can connect one-to-one with other people, and how you can connect with like the larger community and what that looks like for you. Nice. So like one question might be, what is your superpower? So I wanna know from each of you, like what, if you had a superpower, like what is it? Easy, I, 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 I will go back in time, time travel. Kang. What kind of superpower is that? It's a superpower. I go back in time. All right, back yeah, to the future. Do whatever <laughs> I want to do in the past and then come back. Okay. Okay, that's good. What's your superpower? So my superpower is that I tend to make the best out of difficult situations. Hmm. Oh, so that's you would be superpower. like Domino. That's what that's what her superpower. Why don't you watch the I can't endorse any who movies, is, anything. Exactly. Any uh, comic book characters that I make a reference to, we are not endorsing. But oh, look yeah. up Domino I'll look it Marvel. Up. I like the idea of the cards because I, I'm also awkward. I'm very socially awkward. 
and sometimes I don't know what to say. So mm-hmm. just having that card in with a group of people to kind of start the prompt and the discussion is so awesome. Yeah, I love that. And that's the other thing too. Like I know for me, the best managers that I've had, it's not that they like tell me what to do all the time. It's that they really are more of like a coach, right? They ask really great questions to help me figure out who I want to be as a person, how I can do my best work and how I can live my best life. So those are the types of people like those types of cards the ones that are like to connect with other people, it gives you prompts that you can ask other people to get conversations going like, um, like what's the favorite type of recognition that you like to receive from me? So it's hard to like, sometimes you don't think about that. Like not everybody's motivated the same way. So are we having that conversation with different people on our teams to understand like what's really motivating them? Like what would make them feel really good when they do a good job? Wow, so now how, how we find camp, how does, how, how does one, Find Campfire, yes. Megan. Yeah. So we're on LinkedIn. You can like always find us there. And then also um, you can go to getcampfire.com and learn more about the different things that we have, the different programs, and get into some of our sessions as well. All Thank right. you. Awesome. Yes. That is popping. And we're going to continue talking with other guests here from day one. But you ready to go get some Grub Shack? Because I saw ham and cheese croissants over there. It's not. All right. You can have your ham and cheese croissants. Okay, yeah, Shaq, you don't, ah, I'm sorry, not being a good co-host. Anyway, yes, let's get to the next guest after we get some grub. Thank you, man. Thank you. I'm gonna tell you this right now, Shaq, I, I'm liking where I'm at, and my next guest, she says she like where she at. You like, you like- Reviving. You, you, Annabelle, you like the, the dates and the accoutrements that they had at the snack table, right? The energy is good here. The energy they, they, good. they looked us out. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm saying. They so, looked us out. So, Annabelle, what do you do for Atrium? Anyway, tell us about your company. Yeah, tell us about Atrium. What do you do? All that good stuff. Yeah, what's All the good things. All right. Well, I work for an organization by the name of Atrium Staffing and Contingent Workforce Solutions. So, we provide t- uh, talent uh, technology solutions for organizations of interest and we also staff. Yeah. Um, so, we work with uh, all people yeah. all over the world to help them you know find the opportunities that they're looking for with respect to career and gro- career growth awesome that sounds so yeah. good so tell us how you engage your staff so i predominantly we do have a lot of associates but i predominantly work on initiatives that impact our internal employees so one of the things that we really we like to hyper focus is there's employee experience and there's dei and a lot of people tend to silo those into separate lanes of course so we're really working on bleeding the dei into the employee experience life cycle Mm -hmm. from the moment people are researching our organization to the moment they are either getting promoted and growing or are offboarding. So really being intentional with tying in our inclusive practices um, from the moment you're Googling us or speaking to a friend with respect to like being a referral to hopefully we're, you know, growing and developing you and keeping you engaged throughout your career growth here at Atrium. Or if you, you know, found another opportunity you're offboarding, we want to make sure that the offboarding experience is 100% so that you are one of our best brand ambassadors out out in, uh, and out in the greater community. How has it been uh, getting DEI in everyday work? Because I know it's tough and many companies have struggled with it. To remind people, keep DEI in mind is very important. So how has it been for you at your company? It's de- very de- definitely difficult. Mm-hmm. I think that organizations that may say that have it all down packed not be that authentic. <laughs> um, definitely there are organizations that are larger so you know budgeting is, is at a different level and it also depends also I believe on like who's overseeing that like the leadership team like it's very emotional yeah it's very you know it's heart mind 
Um, so it's it's a different kind of work. There's a lot of tough conversations that you need to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a DEI professional, it's about having the conversations. Yeah. So celebrating the small wins, um, making sure that you never take the foot off the pedal, as they mentioned in one of the mm-hmm. workshops. Um, and if sometimes if you have a couple setbacks, it takes a lot of emotional intelligence to really like Lusa, pull it together and pick yourself back up and we're going to keep fighting the battle. Um, but as long as there's, you're making some of those small wins, you celebrate them and you keep, you know, you keep going with your strategy and eventually you start to see after the past two years, you know, we started really small. We're starting to really see things come together. Um, so it's been very, very rewarding, but it's very challenging. I'm not going to, you know, those who say it, say it's easy. Yeah, I would really like to know what they're what they're uh, what they're doing. <laughs> I don't know who's saying this work is easy because it's not. It's hard. Thank you so much, and you know, thank you for focusing talking about small wins. And you know, this work is really rewarding. So you thank know, you I for like sharing that. Sha- I like how Shaq tried to cut me out. You saw how she did that, right? Because he talked too much. He takes too much time. I, 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 I know I you got stuff to do. To get in one or two. He talked way too much. He, and, you have stuff to do. Anyways, Go ahead, Greg. Hurry up. I'm get my one in. Go ahead. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, Annabelle. Yeah. How do you really peel back the onion of your employees? How do you really facilitate having that authentic conversation to where they feel like they are really being heard? Um, you have to build that trust. So it starts with psychological safety, and it doesn't happen overnight. Um, one of the things that I like to go by is I'm the kind of person that when you meet me, you're going to get to know the real me, just like you. I met the real you. I don't want, you know, corporate America buttoned up. I practiced for this conversation. I want to know, get to know who you really are as a person because through authenticity, you're going to get people to trust you. And that's how people are going to get to that point where they feel psychologically safe to be who they are. You know what I mean? Yeah. To know who they really are. Thank you for bringing up psychological safety. We're going to talk about that in one of our workshops later on at work in 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 our work setting so yes. that's a big topic and i and thank Huge. you for mentioning that you know because in, in order for folks to share they have to feel psychologically Absolutely. safe and comfortable to be able to share yep yeah where do people look up atrium like you know where do they find you guys where do we find us usually if you look up like staffing agency mm-hmm. contingent workforce payroll we usually like pipe right up and our headquarters are actually located right here um, in new york our headquarters in the city Oh. by the Flatiron District, yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Okay. We're neighbors. We are. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to this uh, interview on The Grier. But Annabelle and I, we're going to go find some grub. Once again, <laughs> I always like to find grub with the guests. Shaq, if you want to roll, I may tag along. I'm thank you. Too. Yes. <laughs> the Grier Project podcast series is produced by the New York City Department of Social Services, Human Resources Administration, and Department of Homeless Services. You can find us on the web at www.nyc.gov backslash DSS.